Are you ready? Every weekday. Let's get down to business. Howard Rollins plays Detective Virgil Tibbs in In the yeah, Heat of the Night. There's some things about this town that you don't understand. Joining forces with Carol O'Connor to solve cases and break down barriers in a hostile town. What the hell are you doing in Sparta, Mississippi? I was born here. See the series based on the classic film. Every weekday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Get TV. not recording yeah. at night though <laughs> uh, well it's night for me anyway nighty night don't let the bed bucks how hot is it over there oh no it's comfortable it's like 72 but i hate the sun goes down early that pisses me yeah, off yeah i'm with you not enough time to do anything so we are talking about the one the only TV version of what was previously a book series and a movie series in the heat of the night. Started out on NBC. The first five seasons concluded with the last two seasons and four movies on CBS. It was owned by MGM. It is constantly seen everywhere from Fox stations to antenna stations to Sony owned stations. It has finally gotten streaming and DVD releases due to music rights by Quincy Jones. Starred all in the families, uh, Carol O'Connor as Chief Gillespie and Howard E. Rollins Jr. from Ragtime as Virgil Tibbs. Later had the new chief replacement, uh, Carl Weathers. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yep, about his, a switch. Uh, yeah, arguably, I would argue one of his best roles <laughs> by far. Yeah. Yeah, so he portrayed police chief Hampton Forbes, yes. <laughs> yeah, this was a regular thing. Like, I saw this every other fucking day and like every other yeah. KDFI more fox stations wgn like tnt just, oh was it on tnt i wouldn't yeah. be surprised it was just if, if you get on youtube there's a tnt ad on there for it oh i bet i'm captain skinner but above is my name i like my iced tea sweet and my women the same i'm the brown-haired badge here in middle old sparta but nobody's bigger or tougher or smarter. If you're looking to fight, best not be with me. Gonna be held tight. Well, now we'll just see. You never know in the heat of the night on TNT. Heat of the night on TNT. Now, I don't put on any airs, but then I ain't no slob. Just a redneck boy with a blue-collar job. The ladies I date, they gonna have them some fun. Cause I'm a big hunk of crime-fighting son of a gun. So if you're looking to fight, come on up in the ring. You wanna be held tight, just about anything. Had a happen in the heat of the night on TNT. Hubba, 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 hubba. Heat of the night on TNT. 
if that's the case, that that's awesome. Um, Good old Alan Alfrey, love him. <laughs> yeah, he he's done quite a lot. He's done some religious movies. Seems like a cool guy. Um, I imitate him way too well. Oh, do you? <laughs> I fucking hate. It. I got so hooked on that show. I was like, Parker, where are you at, Parker? <laughs> I like to think I like to think that Bubba and Parker go on different adventures by themselves and it's for culinary treats and shit. Oh my god. <laughs> so they're going to a restaurant and shit and later comes by with the cheese. So Altree plays Bubba, yep. David Hart <laughs> plays Parker, and yep. it's so wild. I one time saw him a few different times on a Who's Line episode where he was like an audience member, and he kept getting oh. pulled into the audience. <laughs> but <laughs> he's been in everything, too, like Legal Eagles, Silver Bullet, and yeah. uh, guest starred on a few David E. Kelly shows. But uh, Crystal Fox... Uh, who's one of the other deputies uh, she's done some Tyler Perry stuff um, she portrayed uh, none other than Luann uh, yeah. and Anna Marie Johnson uh, 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 wonderful as Virgil's wife who's a teacher and counselor Athena. dude that show had such a high start from the pilot and I can definitely say from season four onward they went downhill Oh really? All right. Yeah, like it was so. It was such a strong start because they tackled everything. They tackled racism. They tackled. I kind of find uh, the first season a little slow, but yeah, it's, a, well, it's a fast one. That's yeah, the first season. It always takes time to build up. <laughs> um, but yeah, see. George C. Scott, I, I know, was a favorite of all their guest stars as the judge. Yeah, it's a later season. Uh, there's a lot of good producers and directors who work on this. I. I kind of find this in 48 hours to be underrated in just the mixture yeah. of gritty crime meets buddy drama. Definitely. And what else? Because if you were watching oh. this you at, back in the day, you know, you were probably watching something like Captain Power. You were probably watching Matlock. Matlock, Hill Street Blues. <laughs> and yeah. uh, fun fact. Murder Shot. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I love Angela Lansbury. Rest in peace. Uh, this was produced by Fred Silverman. That's right. The same dude who produced Scooby-Doo. Oh, <laughs> the Waltons, Charlie's Angels, Rich Man, Poor Man, Roots, and Shogun. I had no idea. Wow. It's a polished production, and yeah. obviously that theme by Quincy will get stuck in your head for years, but yeah. I don't know anyone. I've never encountered anyone who hated it. Never. Never no, seen I love it. that scene. Like you hear that shit that them first couple notes, it's like, ooh, that shit's gonna be good. And then it's like boom. <laughs> oh, it's so good. But on the racial uh crimes, that it is true. It's like one of the first yes. to approach that and mm -hmm. uh, you know and rape and rape, classism. AIDS, the domestic yeah. disputes, but it's interesting mm -hmm. how you don't really kind of like many shows, it doesn't hold back, but it doesn't show it in all explicitness and yeah. there's some good guest stars uh i know mariska haggerty was on there yeah she was as a getaway yep. driver uh so i was like ah i remember kira from deep space nine uh, and anna visitor you know she's done all yeah. kinds of guest spots including hunter and doogie hauser but i would say this is one of her best one where she plays a disillusioned widow who kills her rich husband and then denies that she did it like she's 
Corbin Burnson was a bad apple in one, killing a ex-wife in a trailer park, and you're like, Damn. Uh, oh, here's a fun fact. Um, I can't remember what's I think it was either season two or three. One of I can't remember, but they all blow flow together. <laughs> yeah, they really do. But in a good uh, way, not like the other yeah. ones where you're like, get an old guys yeah. just did this five episodes ago. <laughs> For real. Carol O'Connor had open heart surgery. And before yes. he had the surgery, you could tell he was slow. And then when he came, because it was a time when he wasn't on there and was focused on Tibbs and Bubba. And I was like, finally, Tibbs gets some spotlight time. I like that. Kudos and to Joe Don Baker. That's a big shoe to fill as the assistant chief looking for the main chief, and they had to work in a kidnapping plot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, when Carol came, when Carol came back, you can see he was noticeably a lot better, and he was he had a nice spring in his stuff. He looked a lot. I healthier. did kind of notice that, but I didn't yeah. put two and two together back in the day. Even when I yeah. read after the fact, I was like, kudos to whoever was framing him and following his instructions but it's awesome if you go to uh the film and tv academy site because he just lets loose you know rest in peace carol you know i i was not a all in the family guy growing up don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. i was in i was in on the joke i i get that the whole idea is you gotta get past how idiotic archie bunker is (laughs) (laughs) i get it Uh, it's this i mean i'm more of a boston legal guy but other people are more married with children guys but either way he made his dent on tv and he's a good actor i've seen him in everything uh but uh isn't it just funny how he just threw out pretty i mean he was great even as the major in kelly's heroes that's kind of where i grew up with him seeing him and kojak himself tell us about it's just (laughs) boston clint and donald sutherland around but uh I just found it so funny how uh, he just flat out just threw all the writers out and he fired them after the first two seasons because they kept just sending him cliche shit that he's like, this is not rooted in any kind of reality. I'm I'm going on off the t- off the tabloids. <laughs> that was the thing because there was a lot. There was actual character evolution in the show and then they got killed off. The one that I remember most was the younger deputy. I can't remember his name. Oh, it was but, uh, he, his son, Hugo Connor. No, not Hugh. Oh, no. No, okay. black uh, guy. And he was oh, 18 yeah. at the time. He, he was, was 18, 18 at the time. And I looked at his face. I'm like, no way he's fucking 18. He looks 35. <laughs> and I looked and I was like, son of a bitch, he was really 18. Let me look and he up. was like, yeah, I'm going to be, uh, he's like, I'm shooting for deputy or police commissioner i'm like i had to tag so many good. of the fuckers on imdb just to give them a profile photo because sometimes <laughs> if it's a featured photo it'll go on their main profile photo but i was just no. like why do they not have a profile photo they're good actors i know okay. and I th- jeffrey thorne i think Wilson yeah, sweet yeah. yeah and sweet yeah he looks sweet. so unrecognizable now but he has just that just suave face just mm-hmm. definitely He's also been a an author. Yeah, he worked on some other stuff too. He's done comics like Yep. Uh Marvel Voices and man, some recent recent stuff. Green Lantern Mm. last two years. Wow. But yeah, no, I I I can't believe that. I 18. He looked at least (laughs) 25, 30. But I, I loved how 
both he and uh parker are really good at just kind of sensing that's you know don't bullshit a bullshitter kind of thing i think mm-hmm. that's what stands in part because other detective shows i feel like their problem is they don't get edgy enough or they don't have any repercussions for assholes who are getting away with sh- shit that's breaking the rules or True. they just they have too many and so many of them are replaceable as they often do and i'm like come on don't <laughs> that's where svu really picked up on that like they really redefine that whole trope and shit oh yeah i don't think even being... homicide would exist without this i don't think definitely like if you didn't <clears throat> have in the heat of the night if you didn't have dragnet you, you definitely want to have... have stabler and finn crossing the line saying oh i so want to sock you right now but i'm gonna lose my job i mean the worst the one episode i remember most about svu is stabler pretending to be a pedophile like that shit that hit home so hard i was like oh my god oh how about going after the tiger ring (laughs) i don't remember that uh, basically, he's infiltrating some dangerous uh, black market dealers, and he he's eating meat at their table. And he realizes they say, "Oh, by the way, this is from the targets we, uh, tigers we slaughtered." <laughs> oh my god! And so he's like, "I'm so gonna have to barf this after my cover <laughs> is over." But uh, in fact, even the Wishmaster guy was the main guy in charge of it all. Um, but yeah, no, there's some other good guest stars on here. Uh, Peter Fonda is like a waco type guy in like one of the final episodes but uh there's some other ones too that just like it's not even so much that it's just well casted as much as i would say it is kind of like an svu thing where you're just like you just feel kind of just the sweat inducing yeah Mm -hmm. but it's just enough to where you're not you're not like i can't watch more than one or you know i I can only watch one it's like okay i'll 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 do a (laughs) five-parter Yeah, the big thing that stood out for me the most was in the heat of the night was it was it was gritty and it didn't have that it wasn't focused on a big city location. It was a small town. And I like how they did the small town police layout. Or I should say medium town because And the working criminals that you you can (laughs) tell, okay, these these rascals, they're gonna be a recurring guilt. Yeah. That was nice. Like it's it's such a great series. It's just they had so much push going through the first four seasons, and after that, it just kind of fell off. And I actually stopped watching midway through season seven. I was like, I can't do no more. And I did my initial review on that. Like I love the series, but I don't have the heart to finish it. (laughs) That's all good. It's uh i i dug the one two-parter uh, that had wayne brady as a uh kid who was disturbed by a crime I witness. That one. uh but uh, it's pretty remarkable for like an early acting role uh mm-hmm. they had some other comedians too like jerry stiller and everything but uh <laughs> I, kudos to carol o'connor for coming from a comedic background and then wanting to do some seriousness but to your earlier point it is interesting how they are trying to make it look like a southern town without yeah. uh you know it's set in philadelphia but uh yeah or actually no uh tibbs was from philadelphia and is in sparta mississippi but yeah they filmed it i think in just various uh part rural areas that could give that same vibe and yeah. <laughs> the, the criminal kudos to whoever played the various hickish characters i, I know walton goggins was in a few different ones yeah 
Yep. And he said in like an AV club interview years ago that it was very easy, especially for a lot of union and non-union actors to get on there compared to say something dorky like Walker, Texas Ranger, where anyone can be on there, you know, <laughs> just get punched by a stuntman. You know? <laughs> yeah. The one thing I noticed most in, in the heat of the night was the little details like they had, because they didn't have, I'm finding this out now back then they didn't have permission from different companies so there was a coke machine in the background and they had to put a red uh, red block over it to cover the logo and then there was a kroger box on the ground and they like tried to cover up the logo halfway i'm like that's a kroger they should have gotten greater value yeah (laughs) Like there's so many little details. Like even in Babylon Five, there's uh Franklin and Garibaldi are sitting there eating Nutrigrain bars, and I yeah. knew it was a Nutrigrain bar, even though it had lime green tape over it. I'm like, you crack that wrapper. I saw the fucking Cliff Bar shape. I know that's a Nutrigrain bar. Not fooling bar anybody. <laughs> and Marie uh, Johnson was on that as well. Yeah, should have had a bigger role, but. Yeah. Uh, why do you think the characters kind of click and don't feel like typical tropes or stereotypes? Because it's one of those shows that stood out. They really pushed the envelope for 87 and then going forward into, and this is just on the end of the 80s, and you're coming into the 90s with this. So you're touching on hot button issues with kid gloves, but they're still it's still a hot button issue, but with a kid glove touch to it. Good. Yeah. I, that's definitely the best way to say it. Because yeah, if you talk, if you did this shit now, like they've done it now, it's a lot more gritty. It's in your face. It's like, yeah, we hate you. It's like you go from that to American History X and it's like night and day. <laughs> American History X was definitely another movie that kind of opened the same dialogue, but. Yeah. People it, took it the wrong way. And then oh, years totally later, it's like, it's like, oh, this is a great classic. I'm like, no shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm really surprised they kept this on as long as they did. It's like it was always low rated, but had enough decent ratings, I guess, to keep going. Uh, but yeah, Kenneth Johnson, that's right, the creator of V and the Incredible Hulk uh, TV show, uh, said that when he was developing Alien Nation for Fox, he described it to, I want this to be. I don't want it to be a lethal weapon or, uh, you know, insert any other, you know, no. sci-fi horror thing. I, I want it to be like uh, in the heat of the night, but with aliens. That's pretty smart. So we can have all that social commentary. Yeah. I need my sour milk to get going. <laughs> oh, God. Aliens that get drunk off sour milk. Awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, like, this is another show where i can kind of detect like i get a good idea of what the 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 sound stage in which they're recording the whole thing is just so detailed you just kind of feel like you can coexist in that police station yeah and i liked how there was so much racial tension in the first season like you oh, had totally. Bu- yeah bubba fighting with tibbs and she and Gillespie, and it was just a three-way fight between them. And then after a while, 
it dissipated and they got along better. And I was like, man, this is really good evolution. It's lightning in a bottle. I don't think you could do anything like this nowadays. Maybe you could do it with a Kevin Costner kind of show, but it would be after pissing off half the people and making them leave after a season, you know? (laughs) You're free to do what you want now. Only your loyal lists are here on the set now. (laughs) Yeah, I actually thought that actually brings me to another point that I was thinking about for a different conversation. (gasps) Yeah. Do tell. Me as president. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like I, I'm not gonna go into the whole. To, I'm not doing everything on here because that'll take up the whole fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'd vote for you, or you got my vote. Oh no, but it's like there's different things that I would change to make it a lot better here, and people would like it. I'm like, yo, I'm gonna fuck off then. <laughs> Well, it's speaking of restructuring, I mean, I, I, I do applaud anyone who can just tell the writers, stop playing to expectations, be different, yeah, be naturally different. Uh, I've watched New Amsterdam and Suits recently. Those shows are hard to describe, but pretty much they don't cater to your usual thing. Suits is an unusual business in legal drama <laughs> where the dialogue is kind of the star. I, I uh, My father was like, why are you guys so addicted to that the other day i'm like it's lawyers talking and it's evil addicting new Amsterdam. <laughs> it's not the billionth saint elsewhere thing it's kind of just an unusual kind of just uh the, the way the music and close-ups of everyone are function kind of speak for the uncomfortableness of modern day medicine and i think that's why that show works this one made a lot of people uncomfortable but elderly viewers and it's weird it's like this could work for both a formulaic crowd and an edgy crowd so i think mm-hmm. that's why it's definitely i would definitely rank it as one of the top procedurals <laughs> and if you pay attention to certain episodes they edited a lot of dialogue oh really yeah they did like i watched the racial slurs or yeah i want i forget it was a couple episodes and i did it's in my review for it um they yeah they cut out a lot of stuff but you can still see them saying it their words and mouth Uh i'm like wow you cut out a lot of stuff and i'm looking at the year i'm like this is 88 and you're censoring shit really (gasps) okay for syndication but yeah i mean I, I, I kudos to whoever they would have playing the various guys. They, they felt real. They they felt like they legit. You know, it wasn't an exploitation movie. You know? Yeah, for real. Like everything was because you take you take the setting. It's Sparta, Mississippi. It's a highly racial, tense area. You have black cops on the force mixing with white cops, and showing the transfer of power and how mm-hmm. it's hard to even have a. I mean. It takes them a while, even I would say probably by season five, they finally respect each other. Yeah, that, that sounds about accurate. But the one thing I loved the most was uh Tibbs Althea. Her evolution was so good. <laughs> yeah. She was saying about a, him. But she was such a headstrong teacher and believed in so much. And she wanted equality and shit. I'm like, dude, this would work today. This would work so well today. That is definitely dated well. I mean, 
you could even see this still happening in a modern day southern town mm-hmm. obviously they would have some cell phones now and yeah. boxing machines but <laughs> like oh that's the one thing i hated most was like you watch something today and it's like everybody has a fucking phone i'm like ew yeah. <laughs> Like that's it. just it's an instant turn off. And like, so many people who don't have good parents then go, oh, why don't they just do this? I'm like, dude, Ed, what? Really? We didn't have what you have now 20 years ago. I know it's like 20 years ago. We were still struggling to understand shit. We were still banging on the damn phone to make the signal work. Yeah, dial <laughs> up internet. <laughs> oh God. I gotta make a phone call that you can use dial up after and like uh, uh, arguing uh, with idiots on the internet. It it gets old after a while. Um Yeah, definitely. That's why a lot of people left. One of my artist friends, Liam Sharp, he left Twitter because of that shit. Oh yeah. I was and, so I'm so disappointed. I'm like, fuck. And then another artist is leaving shortly too, because he's tired of trolls. I'm like Great. There goes more art. Bye. <laughs> Even half these shows, I'm sure, struggled with making a believable-looking website <laughs> that was later going to be yeah. updated. Definitely. I kind of still, in a way, kind of miss a landline phone, just for yeah. the whole fun of just picking that thing up and just shouting into it. Present. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we still have. I still have one. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah, we still do. Sure. Yeah. Never miss got a call, phones, but still have a landline just in case. You do, you man. Yeah. Have all your you spam know, go to that folder, and then <laughs> yeah, I was just reminded of Twin Peaks right now. Oh, I know. I'm David Duchovny's character on there, and how that <laughs> aged, how that aged so well. I'm saying like. Because when I saw him, I'm like, wow. They left them alone, let them do whatever they wanted. Yes. And it lo- and I'm like, he looks so good as a woman. <laughs> yeah. I was and so shocked by that. all like, these actors who were comfortable doing, they knew what it meant. They weren't worried yeah. about what was considered taboo back then. Exactly. Bigotry. And- oh, God, I'm so good. And I'm like, he looks so good as a woman. He's in fucking heels. <laughs> and he's just got the mannerisms down so good. And uh, I love how... Uh, oh, what the hell is Kyle's name on that show? Oh, uh, Agent Cooper. Yeah. Cooper. Cooper sees Cooper. him and just repeats. He's in shock seeing him like that and then relaxes. I'm like, uh, wow. Kudos for Paramount Plus has uploaded it. Nah. Well, I don't have that anymore. I'm saving money. Well, that, that is wise. Um, yeah, for real. <laughs> uh, but the, I, it seems like Twin Peaks is kind of the go-to for making a bizarre town with unusual characters. Even if yeah. I get a vibe from that, that or X-Files, even when it's not a supernatural kind of mystery show, I'm just like, yeah, this... This whole it thing fits. is going to be serialized. It's going to be... Yeah. Okay. And, and, you t- and you take the concept of medium town and police procedural. And Andy and, Griffith. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Let's go fishing, Andy. 
And we're doing it in black and white. Black and white is fun. <laughs> oh man. Like uh, that like without Andy Griffith, you wouldn't have some of the shows today either. It's, it's oh, like we're, we're, he was a cop, but it wasn't about was. being a cop. It was just a yeah. drama, everyday drama. Yeah. I mean, you look back at everybody that pioneered something, and you can look at the touchstone for the first police novel, and that oh, yeah. is what started everything police procedural now. Yeah, and then you come to the heat in the heat of the night, and it's like, look how far it evolved from that first. Sherlock Holmes book. Before CSI ruined everything. Yeah. <laughs> now it's we need sexy people who can do everything. I'm like, uh, this oh. medical examiner would not have the right to <laughs> arrest this guy in real life. Or that or they are compromised. They're like Fast and Furious where they're compromised by their tone. They don't know if they want to be campy or serious. <laughs> and so they just do both and see what sticks. And you're like, come on. Mm. Where are the millions of dollars going if you can't pick a style? You you don't make a video game saying, <laughs> hey, uh, you don't have to collect all these trophies, but we wish you would. Oh, God. It's like, well, <laughs> then what's the point of the game if there is no point? Like, I remember when video games were simple and you didn't... <laughs> yeah, so fucking simple. And you had everything was unlockable through gameplay. At multiple rounds of that shit to unlock everything. And it was such bragging rights for that. Now it's like, oh, you can pay for it. I don't want to fucking pay for it. Screw that. Yeah, pretty soon you'll go not only bankrupt, but <laughs> then you'll just want to just punch someone for making you pay all this much. It's like, it's not only just a game, but the fact that you've made me think it was something other than a game. Oh, I hate you so much. <laughs> Definitely. If any heat of the night had an interactive game, that would be a lot of fun to play. I can only imagine. I could see a new grounds thing with a soundboard. <laughs> yeah. uh, here's a callback. New grounds. What was yeah. the other one? Albino black sheep. <laughs> oh god. Oh. It's got some fanfare, and pretty much anyone can find it anywhere now. I think, and yeah. I can't believe that the youngest deputy with the mullet was Hugo Connor. Carol's son, who yeah. apparently was very suffered from alcoholism and uh, killed himself in real life. I'm like, that's sad, but he yeah. he did good on the show, and they never Definitely. wrote him in as being his son. But it was just interesting just seeing him kind of just he just naturally looked like he belonged with the rest of the crew. Mm. And yeah, and kudos also for a show having this many minor characters sometimes represent an episode on their own, and then sometimes Tibbs and Gillespie would come in and tie it all together. I'm like, see, that yeah. that is definitely like you say, progressive because you still mm -hmm. see other shows where it's like this guy's a good actor, but they only have one scene as the examiner or the morgue attendant or the detective at the scene. That's not enough yeah. for their talent. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we'll return after these messages. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy, you got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in, it's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found.
Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. Yeah, <laughs> not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts, or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. Shit, even... Oh, God, going back to Homicide. Yep. You had fucking the pilot with Bayless, and that seven-year payoff for him. Oh, yes. mother... Every time I think about that, it makes me cry because it's so deep. <laughs> Them and just all the other unusual crimes that Tyre went mm-hmm. together. Uh, Dr. Cox was a good, no relation, was a good medical examiner. Uh, and mm-hmm. having Pimbleton just not only breaking a sweat, but just saying, oh, this guy's going to recant everything. Let's put you in the box. <laughs> Bayless, man. Fucking But Bayless. yeah, Bayless. Definitely. And, and you never think about him being like the major character because you look at the whole cast and everybody remembers the big star power and everybody's like, oh yeah, Robin Williams too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's like, look at all that star power. I'm like, Bayless. Day one. Bayless. Number Kyle Sakar is a good actor, um, but he's never had anything near. I mean, he was on The Flash as like the evil dad for like a brief season, but I'm like, yeah, but not anywhere mm-hmm. close to Bayless where a very sure. rare example of bisexuality, uh, mm-hmm. uncomfortable in your own shoes, and then uh, being, I wouldn't say brainwashed, but just like suddenly just having a breaking point and then just killing and covering up your crime and then not living with your crime. Yeah. And then him and Hamilton meshing together so well. God, oh, that, yeah. was, that was beautiful cohesion. You can't replicate that today. You cannot replicate that. No. You can force it, but it ain't gonna work the same way. <laughs> <laughs> it's like these two are going together. Like, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. How are you going together? You don't even get uh, along together. Um, I know. It's so wild. I feel like many just everyone's too driven by investors and in trying to. Mm-hmm get that money and it's like yeah but will it work if the answer is no then this isn't going to work anyway but i still see some snobs who will go oh it sucks until that it was good until that one actor left i'm like star wars is a good fucking example of that mm-hmm. and then people do the whole oh but i never liked it other than that guy i'm like then why did you watch this mm. it's like <laughs> corporate don't give a shit all they care about is quantity not quality <laughs> and you look back at it in the heat of the night, and there's nothing but quality. These guys weren't stars. There. Even Carol was a has been, and he had the power because yeah. he somehow was able to convince the TV producers, "Hey, you want me? You got it. But only if I have complete control. I will make your ship sail, but you don't fuck with me." <laughs> I, just, I, I love that candor. I love that whole mm-hmm. just rare, uh, uh, just. Uh, stay. Everyone, stay in their lane. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I always find that, like, if you have control, or whoever it is has control, and they know what they're doing, the shit is going to be good. I mean, you look at X-Files. I mean, imagine if Chris Carter didn't have full control over his show. I still can't believe that that was a last-minute thing with having uh, Cancer Man be the main guy instead of just, like, a featured extra in the at the time, they're like, hey, that guy in the corner, let's have him be the main guy. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, that's why you don't see him for a while and you just see Deep Throat going back and forth, you know, trying to stall the uh... inevitable. But it's just like, uh, nowadays when a star gets pregnant or something, they just try to film around it. It's like, nope, you got to just have them be. Oh, absent. yeah. Cosby just... shows a prime example of that. Oh, Nessa and company. Yeah. Uh huh. Not not Vanessa, uh, Lisa Bonet, and he's like, yeah. yeah, that was so. I read, I heard that story. I was so fucked up. He's like, none of my, none of the Cosby kids are supposed to be like that. I'm like, Bill, what the fuck are you saying? Yeah, <laughs> what reality are you in? Yeah, like, damn. <sighs> People. That's why she wore a fucking poncho that whole season. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's why yeah. she wore a fucking poncho. <laughs> oh damn <laughs> yeah. I don't know what season that was but you ever see her wearing that shit you know she's pregnant <laughs> uh, spoiler it's very hard to watch the Cosby yeah spoiler it's very hard to watch it nowadays <laughs> just cause yeah. it's like you're like it's an inspiring show it had good standards but how can you watch yeah. it now when the people blabbing it don't even believe their shit yeah, and the fa- and the fact that that show, what after what Cosby did and shit, it got pulled off the air, so that ruined all the royalties for everybody involved. I'm like, dude. Yeah. Oh, way to fuck it up with everybody. <laughs> uh huh. That's why I've told. That's why if I I made a post on Twitter about this shit with artists. I'm like, if you're involved, because I've seen so many artists not get credited for their shit. I'm like, dude, if you're part of a big project, I said, if you're part of a major project right now, make sure you put in your contract you want a fucking art book from the film. Because you shouldn't have to pay for that shit out of pocket. Mm -hmm. I brought that up with um, Jerry Gaylord, actually. And he's like, nah, I'll buy it. I don't mind Eh. doing that. I'm like, but you worked on this. Like you should get a free early copy, yeah. Because <laughs> like Michael Okuda and his wife Denise, they worked on the Star Trek Encyclopedia, the 2016 edition. Love you, Okuda. Yep. And I found out that they didn't even get a copy of it. All that work over two or three years, and they didn't get a fucking copy. That is insult to injury. <sighs> yeah really like you put in all that work and they didn't even send you a con are you shitting me the magic con show yeah all our people are bastards (laughs) for real so favorite person off in the heat of the night is (laughs) a tie between tibbs and bubba that yeah, I love, <laughs> I love, I love everybody on that show, and Althea especially. She's so underrated. Mm-hmm. Everybody in that show is so underrated. Parker for being the comic relief that he is. Well, and they they'll get beat up in 
no. brawls and everything. They're not super cops. I know, oh, and it, that's why I like how homey it is. They're not supposed to be like you know indestructible. Fucking I know everything. Shinkies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it's so annoying. <laughs> uh, especially today's, but um, <laughs> Bosch is, I think, the most polished one nowadays, and just. It's fire on all cylinders and then knows what to do. But uh, there are plenty of other ones where I will look at it and I'll be like, eh, it's not how that works. <laughs> eh, some of them are fun. Others just miss the whole fucking point. Or, they, or they're just so edgy and it's like, I mean, like if SVU started out edgy for a reason mm-hmm. and they just ran with the edginess and I'm like, yeah, that's cool, but did you do anything more? And they probably did, and I just don't remember because I used to watch so many rerun marathons on USA. Oh yeah, there's a bunch. I was like, hmm, I'm in the mood for SVU. I'm I'm in cop mode now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for real. Whereas in the heat of the night, it was more self-contained stories between each character for different episodes and sometimes two-parters and i love those they were fun explosive um yeah but yeah um, just and you can't com- <sighs> you can't compare these to the earlier ones don't get me wrong rod steiger yeah. Cindy Le- uh pointier two wonderful excellent actors mm-hmm. own those roles in the movie form you, yeah. but these guys owned they these roles and it wasn't just the tv format like they were really in tune they knew what it was from the ground yeah. up and i yeah. i still see comparisons and i'm like yeah you don't need to compare you can have it both ways you can have it all it's yeah. <laughs> they're both good <laughs> yeah it's amazing it's like you look at how you know i bet nobody ever thought the movie would generate a fucking series yeah how could it? <laughs> and, and then it's like, oh yeah, we want to greenlight a series. <laughs> what? What? You want to what? Off Are that? you sure about this? <laughs> I remember you... when Norman Jewison said that when they filmed the movie in either like North Carolina back in the day, that they oh, were what? counting on so many r- racists like disrupting the film set because it was still set in the 60s. So they right. gave false notes as to where their hotels were just so they could avoid any potential attacks yeah it worked in their favor and the cops were able to catch some of the stalkers and uh psychos out there i'm like that but imagine doing that nowadays like the last time i heard about that was when i listened to anna kendrick's autobiography scrappy little nobody and what was that like that was a good that was a good autobiography. That's why I respect her so much and love her immensely. Lovely. Um, he, if it was not for Twilight, she would not have the career she has today. Because in two thousand seven, she was still living out of her car, and Damn. when she, yeah, I'm, it was, I'm like, wow, you were still living in your out of your car. Damn, and. When she was called up for Twilight, she didn't think anything of it. She's like, whatever. And she was hoping that, you know, it would be her next break, too. But it turned out to be her next big break. And when the franchise really took off, they were, I forget where they were at, overseas, somewhere filming. And um, they were holed up in a hotel or a mansion somewhere. 
and there were like news vans down the road down by the river (laughs) my bad (laughs) fucking that (laughs) holy i see anna kendrick i'll say i'll say (laughs) but she talked about like how she used to i think barricade the door because she was so yeah because she was so scared of reporters and shit then because they were always trying to get shots of them and whatnot and she didn't like that you need to listen to her audio it's really fucking good i'll have to i'll look for a youtube clip that's it's good yeah the whole thing is beautiful and it's why i respect her career and why i respect her role in twilight so much i hate the fucking franchise but i respect what it did for anna's career it checks up and seeing her go from camp her first movie to directing her first movie what a man what a glow up that's beautiful so fucking beautiful proud of it yeah and you like to see that just rare moment where people grow no i need to watch her directorial debut yet i haven't gotten around to it oh what what did she direct uh, something that was at one of the festivals. I can't remember the title of it. Mm. Yeah, I was like, wow, because it was in the paper, and I uh, cut it out actually because I'm scrapbooking. I was like, wow, my girl directed a movie. I love <laughs> you. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Proud of her. So cool. Never met her, but she's so cool. I hope they're cool. <laughs> Nah. I mean, she seems cool. <laughs> <laughs> Is she cool? No. <laughs> Meet her in person. Hey, who the fuck are you? Get away. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah. You shattered my expectations. <sighs> I took out my gun. Oh. <laughs> Oh, you Cam, why are you crying, Oreo? Anna said she hates me. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, Who do you like off in the heat of the night? <laughs> uh, you know, and you picked a good one. I, I like Bubba for comedy, but I definitely like, um, I, I definitely a lot of the deputies interacting with Tibbs as he's yeah. giving them notes. Definitely. Yeah, then that it's so fucking good. And the way they shined in different episodes, especially with uh Jeffrey or Sweet. Mm-hmm. Like Sweet really definitely one of the best gems in the series. But He's he could he could have had so much more evolution and they dropped the ball with him. <sighs> we'll get there. I don't know. <laughs> One of these days. But I did like how Gillespie actually got himself a girl in the end. That was nice. And how they built on the interracial angle of that, too. I'm like, yeah, I, I know how that is. I'm interracial myself. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. so rare to find someone who wants you to be you without exploiting your race. Mm-hmm. And how it built on 
just them being together and how it was so difficult. And also, it's the same. It's also, this was, I guess, season seven. So that's like 91, 92, I think. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's, that's around the same time Golden Girls is still going on. And Mm -hmm. it's also touching on the topic of ageism as well. Yes. Yeah. That's something you see every day. Every day. It's so funny. I could talk shit about I could talk so much about ages and age gap and all that. It's like, oh. Okay, boomer. Yeah, for real, man. I'm so old. <laughs> I ruined the economy so people can bitch at me and then I can just sit there like, ha. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I know everything. I'm right. That's why I only had to pay 50 a month for my house when I was your age. <laughs> like, all right, bitch. <laughs> Such a bitch. Like that one Scream song. Why did God be such a bitch? Never. Stupefy. Wow. <sighs> Don't I like stupefy. The, I love the live version of that. That's that awesome. a great song, yes. <laughs> But it's the one from, um, I can't remember what concert it was, but I have it on my phone. It's, I think 2000. <laughs> uh, yeah, 2000. I think it was odd. No, it might have been. No, it wasn't Ozfest. It was the other one. It was something it was, or other. Yeah, it was around that time frame because he had the whole crowd involved with it. And I was like, oh, that's so good. And you hear the crowd as well. It's like, yeah, I feel that energy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's a rarity. Mm-hmm. Did you happen to see his uh, Dave's latest concert vid? Dave Drayden? No, I no. You didn't? Oh, it's so good. He's talking to a little girl, and he actually stopped his set to talk to her because that's what figure what he did because it just picks up with him talking to this girl. And he's like, "Are you okay, dear?" Because I don't want to continue on if you're not okay. I'm like, oh my god, this dude is—he's in dad mode. He went from I'm singing to thousands of people, and I'm doing dad mode. I'm like, oh, that's lovely. I know it's like, oh, he's dad mode. Oh, beautiful. And I didn't know you said that. I know. Unless you're Axl Rose and you see somebody with a camcorder in the audience and they turn a fucking camera off. Give it to me. I'm going to give it to me. Jumps in the fucking crowd and takes it anyway. <sighs> oh, I was Axel. a GNR fan. I was. <laughs> Famous Thor Love words. and Thunder ruined that shit for me. Oh, God. When we started. Huh. <laughs> I know. I know. That's another video for another time. <laughs> <laughs> But no, at the end of the video with Dave, you can find it on YouTube. I found it on Facebook. Somebody shared it. At the end of it, he says, there's one thing you need to remember. He's like, there's always uh, darkness in the light or light in the darkness. Uh, That is beautiful. I'm sure he's been in a dark road. Yeah. I'm like, he is such a good father figure. (laughs) Not every day we can say that. I know, because most people are assholes. Uh, but I, I, I'm not an asshole. I'm like, I'm sure. 
But my favorite <laughs> father say that about me. <laughs> favorite father figure off in the heat of the night is definitely Tibbs. I loved him growing up. Cannot get enough of Tibbs. I will always love Howard. May he rest in peace. Uh I, I can't see anyone else in that role. Oh no, it's uh, it's so hard to picture anyone else. I always loved Howard. I always saw him as like the pseudo father I never had because he was oh. so sweet. Because yeah, I was little when I watched in the heat of the night, so I gravitated to whoever really stood out the most. And of course, back then, you know, people were like, "Oh yeah, Carol O'Connor's is really good," and I'm like, "Okay, but Tibbs, but." <laughs> And? <laughs> I mean, if you like, when I look back at all my role models and people that I looked up to, almost every one of them was black. Even the ones that were aliens, John Jones, um, fucking Mantis. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, like all of them. People who are even dignifying a role that could easily be lowbrow. Yeah, for real. And then when I got changed over, I'm like, that's not bad either. <laughs> like, shit. Goliath. Fuck. <laughs> it's right. all it's it's always about the voice and who's in that role. It's like whoever yeah. inhabits that role. Voice, yeah. Yeah. It's like if you listen to the voice, that's who you gravitate towards. And when you and somebody's like, oh yeah, Tibbs, I'm like. Howard. And they're like, no, Sydney Boy. I'm like, no, Howard. Howard is who Tibbs is. That's who that is for me. That's my <laughs> that's my father figure. You grow up with Sydney, that's cool. I grow up with Howard. That's my man. That's my dad. That's who I identify he as. He might be the better actor. For him in that chat, that's fine. But don't say, oh, he's the only one who can play this role. <laughs> <laughs> for real, because that's like shit. Because I actually forgot when Carl Weathers joined, I thought he was taking over for Tibbs. And I'm it like, that way. Yeah, that's how it was advertised. Because when you see the picture, it's like, oh, yeah, he's totally taking over for Tibbs. And that was the whole thing back then. I didn't know that he was playing Forbes. I had no idea. Because when I heard that, uh, I think they mentioned that Howard had passed away, but they didn't say why. I was like, that's not fair. And then, like, because I figured, oh no, I figured back then because people were switched out left and right because you have a giant ensemble cast and it goes on for multiple seasons. People come and go, they come back, they guest spot, so on and so forth. So, you know, you're used yeah. to people switching in and out. And today's people, today's generation don't understand that concept. No, they no, don't. This, this person has to be in this Home role ever. Henry or they act like it was only this way or that way, and it's like you didn't know that growing up. Yeah. You knew and, it from and it's like, oh, he died. I didn't know he died. And yeah. then he gets replaced, and it's like, oh, so now he had this new person that I don't know shit about has is trying to take over my previous father's spot and it's 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 threatening you know you see that role and it's it's so threatening it's like who are you why are you trying to replace somebody that 
I grew up loving so much and I hold dear to my heart and you're trying to replace them. Like you're forcing this on me. And then after a while, it's like, Oh, they're not so bad after all. (laughs) They can be a replacement. That's okay. And it's fine. And some people today, man, they don't fucking get it. No. (laughs) It's like fucking water and oil. They don't fucking understand. Parents just don't understand. Fuck Will Smith. (laughs) (laughs) I love (laughs) the irony with him slapping Chris Rock is the first film he puts out is a slave film. There's good, but yeah. This is how I feel. Like, wow. Okay. Let's see. I need to get back in the Academy's good graces. What should I do? Oh, slave film. <laughs> wow. Oh, well. I'm a fucking idiot. <sighs> oh, whatever. <laughs> He's no Virgil Tibbs. I know that much. No, no, no. Fuck no. Because that's the thing, like, you look at all them old 80s shows, and dated as some as most of them are, for different reasons, <clears throat> um, they were all lightning in the bottle because it was one of those things where you look back at the old interviews they did, and they were like, yeah, I didn't really think much of this as an opportunity, I just, you know, wanted a quick paycheck. And then after a while, you know, the role really got to me and it really sunk in with me and I loved it. And that's why I stayed on. And I love hearing that shit. Like, that's really good. And then I was like, oh, man, I love the show. Yeah, yeah, like now it makes a lot of sense. And then you watch it and it's like, well, I didn't really like this whole, I didn't like this cast member, but I stayed on because the role was important. And the show needed to thrive on this role. Or like, I hated the director, but I stayed on anyway. (laughs) (laughs) The more you know. Exactly. Like, it really does help. And it really opens up. It opens up more dialogue. Because you watch the show and 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 it ends. And you're like, oh my god, this is over already? And I binged it inside of a couple weeks and it's over? Oh my god. I want more. And then yeah, and then you take a break for a while and then you're like, I want to know a little more about everybody involved. So you go back, you look up interviews, watch documentaries and stuff where they were interviewed and you learn so much more. And like me, you know, I go back and track down where they were in their career (laughs) yeah i love that shit because it's fun to find out where they were in their career at the time and then backtrack or fast forward so their next big break and it's like dude did they even know that you know two one to five years down the road they would be doing something even more successful was this their touchstone lily pad they jumped off of and leapfrogged to here to there and then boom they made a milestone achievement you know and it's crazy and some of their dead some of them are dead now so you can't even ask them yeah uh, people you wish you could teleport from time and say hey we gotta talk man we gotta talk 
<laughs> for real. <laughs> Back to mm-hmm. I would say Howard's voice has that same love and affection as Robin Williams did. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That down to earth could be anything. Mm-hmm. And after. I would have loved to have seen Howard and Pembleton work together. Mm. That would have been a lot of fun. I'm surprised they didn't spawn any spinoffs. It seemed like everyone had a spinoff back in there. <laughs> See, here's the thing that's really fucked up about NBC. The 90s were red hot for shows. Non-stop. You had Law & Order, you had ER, you had Homicide. Top three flagship shows. The Trident of NBC in the 90s that you cannot touch and cannot fuck with. Yet, they never had a goddamn crossover between the three of them. I, I'm so baffled by that. Law and Order and Homicide. Cool. ER, uh, we don't need that shit. Uh, West Wing was a game, big game changer, but now I think my main issue is now that sci-fi is only on streaming because it always gets bad ratings and now that horror anthologies are kind of more experimental, I'm kind of always just wondering what is the actual TV formula nowadays? That is a good question. Because I ask other people, <laughs> they've either cut the cord or they only have TV, and you're like, good God, why do we get so restricted? I don't know. Streaming services make it restricted because every company has a streaming service. It's like you either have NBC streaming, you have HBO, you have Showtime, you have Stars, you got Cinemax, you have fucking Discovery, Cinemax. Disney Plus. Yeah, for yeah. real. I miss the old shit that was on HBO and Skinamax back in the day. I miss mm-hmm. that shit. It Hot was... Springs Hotel, Real Sex, fucking Taxi Cab <laughs> Confessions. Just oh an excuse God. for just passion, taking code. the shame out of shameless. Yeah, like it was nice. It was so relaxing. They loved it. Tells from the crypt. And can you believe they lost the license to that? Which one? Tells from the crypt. Oh man. So it's a gray area. Like, it's not sure if the ECC Comics owns it, Joel Silver owns it, or what? And I'm like, well, that's redonkulous. That show should be shown everywhere and anywhere. I mean, you look at HBO's library, and a lot of their stuff is missing. And I'm not just talking, like, shows and shit. I'm talking their stand-ups. Like, Dennis Leary stand-ups aren't on there at all. I found them on YouTube. I'm like, why isn't he on HBO then? I wonder if half the comedians have pissed off HBO and they're like, Probably. we're not, we're not putting you on there. Fuck you. HBO's like, nah, we're not putting you on our network. Sorry. Fuck you might be originals, but no, you can't be on original there. as fuck. No. Ridiculous. I don't know. I don't watch a lot of stuff anymore. I kind of. It's too much. Yeah, it really is. It's too much quantity. Like, you have all this quantity. quantity. Yeah. And you get so... It it gives you a fucking anxiety attack. It's like people shoving so much shit in your face at once. Like, here, watch this. Watch, 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 watch. It's like, no, 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 no. I need to see one thing at a time. One. Like, no, all, 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 all. It's like, no, you can't do that. (laughs) Yeah, select all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like no it's too much shit you have to back the fuck off of me and let me pick what I want to see not the other way around <laughs> no that's a move yeah. 
Like I used to get overwhelmed by the amount of shit I'd read from the library. And I ended up sending some of it back because I didn't want to read it. I was like, I'm not going <laughs> to read this now. I don't feel like it anymore. Not now, not ever. Yeah, pretty much. It's been great having you on here as always, my dude. And mm, Definitely. <laughs> keep creating your videos. Keep wiping the floor with tweets. I barely do that. But... You should. You should You should own everybody. Pwn before. Uh... Make Pwn cool again. <laughs> I'm not that type of person anymore. All right. I'm, real, I'm not. I haven't been that way in 17 years. I don't want to go back to that. All right. Ugh. Everybody can change. True. <laughs>